So I'm cranky. Good luck. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's your thing, right? That's but that's totally what... effectively cranky. The city of New York, Boricua from the Bronx. <laughs> I see you're also from the Bronx. I grew up in the Bronx. Oh yeah, where? Yeah, where? Whereabouts? Well, uh, till uh, July 14th, 1971, I was around Hunts Point, Elder Avenue, Kennedy, Postello, Coffee Factory, it was uh, Brucker Expressway, and then I moved to Cope City in the Bronx. Okay, cool. So you were you were in the Bronx long before me. I, you, your experience in the Bronx may be very, very different than mine. Uh, no, <laughs> I was like in the South Bronx and uh, just like a side story. My father, I'm first generation American. My father, he worked at ethanol meat provisions out in, in uh, near some prison in right, Hutz Point, uh, Longwood Avenue, a uh, really bad neighborhood. And he wanted me, he wanted my bar mitzvah. He wanted to take me to a prostitute. <laughs> What? By, by Longwood Avenue, you know, there's these prostitutes. I mean, when later, as I got older, I actually drove, uh, drove over there to uh, pick up my father, you know, from work. When I had a driver's license, 16, 17. And uh, it's like, wow, thank God I didn't go for that prostitute. It was like a prostitute or a Disney world. That's but did you know, you, you drive around like Walwood Avenue right around there and these women, it's like, it's, it's really bad neighborhood. And there's this, in the wintertime, there's these trash cans with fire coming out and they're dressed up in their prostitute outfits. You know, this is the seventies. That was the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. You know what? Do, do, that was the seventies when, when, uh, was the seventies or eighties that we'd say the Bronx is burning. I think it was the 70s, right? 70s, yeah. Wow, that's a trip. That's a trip. Yeah, no, I, I came, I mean, I was a teenager in the 90s, so it was a slightly different, uh, you know, I mean, I think the 70s were a completely different experience. We have our own, you know, version of insanity, but it was, I think, a little different yeah. than, what, than what you guys would have seen in the 70s, because yeah i i mean we still had like you go to times square you know you would you know back then the insult was you know your mom works in 42nd street you know yeah. so times square was still and we don't mean at the disney store back then you know what i mean like when people would say that insult they certainly weren't saying your mom works at disney selling yeah. candy you know it was a completely different insult uh-huh. <laughs> you know um so you 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 your thing is talking about crankiness and how to use it yes it's... embracing your crankiness how, how did that come about well okay so how that came about so i i have first of all i have this book the last surviving guns so it's tyranta crankosaurus this came out before. <laughs> you know when i saw the name i thought that sounds like a dinosaur name and as i continued reading your biographical info i was like so, it is a dinosaur yeah it's a dinosaur <laughs> so uh i was with my wife, I, I'm a lawyer. Uh, I teach negotiation. I work for a company in negotiate, and uh, had no plan on uh, doing a kids. But we were in Rome, and uh, we were renting at some Airbnb type place. So my wife was coloring her hair, and uh, the electricity went out. It's August, and she's getting this black eyed eye, and she was getting very pregnant. 
unconsolably cranky. And I finally came out of my mouth. He was like a tyrant that crank it, Soros. Soros is the Yiddish word for problems. Like, you think you have Soros, my do it, Soros, have either car wheels, nobody can outdo my Soros. And I said, You're a tyrant that crank it, Soros. That's probably how all the other dinosaurs die. There's one little dinosaur cranking at her Soros, all the other big dinosaurs couldn't take it, and they dropped dead. So, so that got a laugh out of her. And, and a, a couple things happened. First of all, uh, whenever we got cranky, he said we had a crankosaurus coming. So it was just, uh, it was this thing. And, uh, and then one of the reviewers in my kid's book said, I wasn't talking enough about overcoming. So they said, well, the whole point is to embrace this because that, that means that the story in the last surviving dinosaur, all humans involved from the Tyrannic crankosaurus. And, and that's why we're all cranky. We come out, we come into this world, we're crying, we're cranky, we're cranking bits. So uh, since we're all cranky, uh, why might as well embrace it. And, uh, and then I, I created this crankosaurus, you know, and what happens is like you have things in your head that go straight to your mouth. The crankosaurus is like a safe place, like I have this little box inside here. It's like, well, let me think of that. So, uh, it slows down the process, but still, I'm cranky. I'm not getting rid of it. So we're, uh, I'm just keeping it in place, and then I decide how we're going to use it. That's interesting. You, you made it into a children's book. Yes, it's, it's a proper kid book. A lot of kids love it. How do you, how do you go about, like, I don't know, like, for instance, my scenario, right? I have this company, and it looks like they're putting me in a bad spot. How do you channel something like that? Like one of my favorite chapters in the book, um, it, it, it sounds like your experience, uh, and I, I have this kind of experience as well. So, uh, what the chapter in the book is called Dry Me Crazy Cranked Source. And you have two sentences in your head, it's just kind of connected at the same time. In the first sense, it drives me crazy when this, these people don't do whatever. And then the next sentence, I cannot understand how. They can't blood work, provide whatever, you know. And, and so when you have those two senses, it's very combustible. And I was like, uh, so, uh, uh, and I, I read a story about three different people, myself, or two other people, and two different stories having this, we're all, we're all driven crazy at the same time for different reasons. And that was somehow cathartic for me. It's like, I know this, I get driven crazy a lot. I get driven crazy all the time. Uh, so it kind of slows. Hey, babe, it's annoying. This happens. I don't have to get crazy all the time. So, uh, so that was, um, um, so that was like one way I deal with it. Uh, I have a chapter, uh, can of worms crank it source. And I have, again, I have a story in there and, uh, a funny story, uh, so, uh, in that, that case, I, I, I talk about, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to open up, a, a, a tulip company. I would call it wormy tulip. And because, you know, they have a bumblebee tuna and, and some worm that catches the tuna. And, uh, and then the, 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 uh, the thing about it, I even have the slogan, if they could put up a, a worm in a bottle of tequila, a worm in a bottle of a can of tuna will kill you. And, uh, but anyway, what I, I talk about is sometimes in your head, 
like you know like you know what what's the big thing about a oh, can of worms you open up the can one worm falls out put it back in no big deal can of bees you open up a can of bees and they start stinging everybody flying around so i, I talk about sometimes in your head you feel like like there's a bunch of bees and you just want to fight everything so it's like a slow down yeah it's worms and and then open i end up chapter saying you know, opening up a can of worms isn't that bad after all. So, uh, so there's this, I tell stories and the funny stories. I, I make it hysterically funny and, and uh, I'm very happy with the review, reviews on Amazon. Everybody finds it hysterical book, uh, but still teaching something about how to be cranky and accepting your crankiness, not trying to get rid of it. It's like, okay, what's it's there. It's there. So perspective, it sounds like that was the point you were making in the, the scenario with the can of worms, right? It, it it's, it's not as bad as a can of bees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you, know, no, you don't want a can of bees. I think, uh, perspective is very important. I, I, it is, um, something that I, I use every day, uh, perspective to, to kind of, you know, rein me in when I feel like I'm like, ah, you know, kind of losing my head, you know, um, it's, it's a, it's a tool that has helped me a lot in life in general. It's, it, I think it's in line with the way you're describing it. I, you know, it's, you know, I I actually hear that open up a can of worms. I never really thought what that actually meant as you're describing it now, kind of like, actually, what does it mean? You know, like, you know, like one of them will fall out or something, you know, I, I never really given thought to what that saying meant. I just kind of accepted it. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I just thought about that right now as you, as you mentioned it, but then when you mentioned the bees and stuff, then it made me think about the perspective. Yeah, I, I do. I, I use a lot of uh, different sayings and they'll think about, and then I end up having fun. You haven't introduced yourself yet. That's on me. We just went into the conversation. Introduce yourself. Well, I'm Steve Joseph. I am. Uh, I just released this book, A Grown-Up Guide to Effective Crankiness, The Crankosaurus Method. It follows my dinosaur book, The Last Surviving Dinosaur, The Tyrantic Crankosaurus. Uh, I have a blog, stephenjosephwalter.com, where I still write. A lot of stuff on crankiness. It's going to be like a crank, a crank it source method too. Um, that will be coming out. Uh, I even have a second kids book coming out. Snoodles, kiddoodles, poodles, and lots and lots of noodles. Uh, so that's my author side. I am also an attorney. Uh, I've been uh, managing litigation for insurance company for over 30 years. Uh, I teach negotiation. I'm also a marathon runner, mm, having run close to 50 marathons. I got it to New York City Marathon today, so I'm wearing my New York City Marathon little thing on my head. Uh, so uh, I'm training, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm all about embracing our crankiness. How do you, I mean, it's slightly unrelated to the crankiness, but how do you manage to run so much and stay healthy if if that like in terms of injuries with your legs or yeah. you know how do you how 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 do i mean i know a few people who run marathons but i could you said 15 or 50 
15, 5-0. I run New York City Marathon 16 times, Boston five times. Um, so, well, yeah, I, I've done a bunch of marathons. Uh, I, I'm just lucky. I don't know. Um, I, uh, well, two things I'm lucky. Uh, also I didn't start running times like 20. So, uh, I was not athletic growing up. So I always think about these track stars in high school, college, and they're just like, their bodies maybe not really developed. So since I decided by the time I was 28 to start running, okay, my body's already done. And then I got into, and the other thing, uh, uh, I, I'm somewhat pain tolerant and I have friends who get an injury and they stop. It's like, well, one step forward, two steps back. And, um, I really push myself. I actually, I listen to my body and if it gets worse, I will stop, but I do keep running through different pains and, and they kind of resolve. So I turned 60 in a few months. And, uh, I did New York City Marathon when I was 40. I did it four hours and 21 minutes. When I turned 50, it was three hours and 17 minutes. So I was actually got older and faster. So I, I plan when I turn 80 to be up with the Kenyan. <laughs> of course, the slower Kenyans, not the fast, the super fast. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Wow. I, that is one of my, uh, at some point, I'd like to do that. Um, I don't know how realistic it is, you know, um, but it's, it's, uh, something I always thought about, you know, of running a marathon and stuff. Yeah. 50 of them. Wow. I mean, I run, the most I ever ran was nine miles. Uh, it was, the, that was my longest run. Even in the military, we didn't, you know, five miles, you know, we didn't, well, we didn't do such long runs, but nine miles and then I spent the rest of the weekend sleeping. I don't know if that's the normal normal result of a long run because nine miles. Yeah, eight. no, I, I pretty <laughs> much run nine miles every morning. That's a basic run. Wow. Yeah. That's that's and that's amazing. And you're you're fine. Like your legs are okay. I'm I'm, I'm fine, yeah. Wow. That's... I I did find a, a little like soreness in my knees and then I started eating like these habanero peppers that are really, really hot. And that helps with inflammation. And once I start eating those, it's just like I need some fire. Wow. Habanero peppers. Yes, it, but they're very hot. So. Wow. These are, these are the tricks right here that, that we have to know. <laughs> you know, maybe that's it. I have, I have pain in my back, my shoulder, my ankles. Um, maybe I need some peppers in my life. Yes. And also have my friends stop bending my arm in the wrong way, you know, in, in a submission that probably. <laughs> no, that's not good. That's probably, uh, you know, I'd say probably a contributing factor, you know, mm -hmm. speak about crankiness, you know, when, when you're doing something to try to be healthy and then you get hurt in the process, that's always. Yeah, that's, that, that's tough. That'll, that'll get you. So I'm out here trying to learn jujitsu to, you know, defend myself, protect my family. And, yeah. you know, I got hurt. You know, I got, I got a, I actually have a tear in my shoulder oh. uh, from somebody, you know, cranking it and oh. me thinking I can get out of it and, you know, being unable to get out of it. And then, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> you know, 
It's like, you know, life altering moment right there. Yeah. And I just, I should have just done this. If I would have tapped, you know, I know life would be, you know, would be better. Yeah. So what's the second book about the, uh, the, so once a child's book and once an adult book, right? Is it also like humor based as well? It, well, do you a growl up guide to effective crankiness, the crank it source method is the, the second book. It's the grown up book. It's uh, it's humor based. It tells stories, uh, but uh, uh, everything is is written uh, to make you laugh out loud hysterically, and also kind of learn how to deal with crankiness. Cool. I'm gonna yeah. look them up because I I I I love laughing when I'm reading books, and people get surprised that that could happen. Have you ever read Carl Hyacin? No. You you might want to check them out. If I mean it's novel, it's like mystery novel type of thing. Uh-huh. It's it's a book that I've been reading in the subway, and burst out laughing. Carl Hyacin, H I A S O N, uh H I A A S E N. Oh yes, okay, got it. Double A S E N, got it. So his, I I mean like literally have burst out laughing. Like I'm reading it. And I just start to crack up and, you know, like to the point where people are looking at you, like, what's, what's wrong with this guy? You know, like, you know, but it's just hilarious to me. Like his books are so funny to me. I, I, I mean, you probably appreciate it because it sounds like you have a good sense of humor and you appreciate yeah, yeah writing, I would, you know, yes. um, you might appreciate his books. Him and Christopher Moore are two authors that I find make me actually laugh. Okay. I'm reading their stuff. Particularly Carl's work. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of his stuff, but I'm always on the lookout for books that make me laugh. You know, oh, this book, this book will make you laugh. And also, it's an audio book, and there's a special actor who does monologues, and he cracks me up uh, reading it. And it's, it's interesting when you have somebody do your book as an audio book, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, it. it it's, I'm listening to this book and it doesn't sound like I wrote it. Like, and even stuff like, you know, when you're an author, it's like, and I, and I like, they're all your kids and you like something better. Uh, but even like, wow, that's funny. It's like, you know, and I didn't even, I w- that wasn't my thing. But uh, so, uh, yeah, there's an audio book too that, that's hysterical. Mm. It's almost like you're becoming a spectator when somebody else does it. That's yeah, right. Yeah, you're, you're you're listening to your own material, but it's like you're hearing it for the first time, yeah. as opposed to reading it, where you're reading it in your head in your own voice, or you have a you know completely different person, kind of putting their own their own twist to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the way they deliver it and stuff. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. That's that's pretty cool stuff. I, I've I've considered writing a book for a long time. I I pretty much do a blog. You know. Uh, that that's my primary thing. Well, that's how I start. I start like I started the blog, and I would just write different things on crankiness. And I had my crankiness blog, and, uh, and then that's like I had like enough. It's like oh, I put this together into a book, and that's that got me putting together a book. But then I was done with the book, and I kept writing, and actually more most like even more fun stuff has happened post first book which will be in the second book but it, it it's in the blog mm. so uh so i have uh getting on my nerves prank it sores 
tough going crankosaurus, first rodeo crankosaurus. Wow. So, uh, then last one was crankosaurus menopause. Wow. So, yeah, you know, like that one, man. <laughs> Careful over there. <laughs> no, it's, it's really hysterically funny, but, uh, we'll get yourself beat up. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's actually every, any woman reading it, it's like, yeah, that's good. You have to read. Cool, very cool. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm definitely gonna look into it. I, I, I really do enjoy reading funny stuff. You know, I, I, I'm. Like I said, I, I love Carl Hyacin and Chris Moore. If you, you know, if you, if you could check those guys out, the first book I'd recommend is Sick Puppy. That's the Sick. title of it, Sick Puppy. That's I'm the sure. first one I. That's what got me hooked. I, mm -hmm. I had my wife try it, and I, I don't know you. She kind of was okay with it, but she, she, it, I don't think it impacted her the way it impacted me, but I also, yeah, yeah she's nodding, you know, it, she didn't, uh, uh, take to it the way I took her, but I also have a, you know, a different sense of humor where, you know, I find certain things funny that maybe other people may not find funny, <laughs> you know, um, it's kind of that kind of, that I, I give you a, a, an idea of, you know, like, like there's a dude that gets run over by a tractor. Right uh, now, I don't know if there's anything really funny about a dude getting run over by a tractor, but once you read the book and you see who this dude is, you'll find it funny that he gets run over by a tractor. You know, you know what I mean? Yes. Once you once you have the entire picture and what this individual has done, like he gets a kick out of listening to nine one one calls of people before they die. You know, those are those are things that that generally in life are not funny but given the right storytelling and the right you know you could kind of you know find the humor in it you know so uh just to give you another funny story on my blog mm. i have getting on my nerves cranking sores and uh i uh i talked about the, the meanest gang in the bronx back in the 70s they were called the bronx bombers and the big boss was this guy, big boss, Billy. And, and, you know, he would get on people's nerves, rub people the wrong way and get under people's skin. And his big enforcer was this guy called Fatty Patty Melt. And at, at some point, Fatty Patty Melt lost his, all his nerves. His nerves were shot. So, uh, big boss, Billy kind of, uh, uh, did him in, you know, so. But, you know, so little Johnny goes, what happened to big, to fatty patty melt? And so, uh, big boss Billy said, oh, of course. He said, there's a shot, you know, uh, you know, I can't have a force like that. First, it's going to get on my nose. And if I do nothing, it'll get under my skin and that get, uh, rub me the wrong way. And then it'll get under my skin. And, and you don't want fatty patty melt under your skin. So, uh, so what happened? Well, let's just say may he melt fatty patty melt in pieces, you know? So yeah. <laughs> this is true story or something? You no, 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 actually it's, it, I made it up, okay. but it, it's taken from, uh, Billy Martin, Bronx Bombers, Yankees, Billy Martin, who was always getting on people's nerves and, you know, like he was like, I don't know, all Yankees back in the seventies, but. Billy Martin was like, you know, he would get thrown out of ball games every other day by the umpires because he would rub people the wrong way, 
skin under people's skin, you know, on Steinbrenner's skin. Well, so that's why Steinbrenner inspired him. So he was the perfect person to use for my story, even though I, I made it more mobster-like, not right, right. Yes. So when you said Bronx Bombers, so I clearly don't follow baseball, right? Nah. Or when you said Bronx Bombers, I'm, I, I actually thought to myself, oh, snap, there was a gang called the Bronx Bombers. <laughs> I completely didn't relate it with the, the gang. Yeah, it's the Yankees. Um, yes. Yeah. So I, had a, I had a moment there. And then when you said the individuals, again, I, I wouldn't know that. You could throw that name to me. I would never. The only name I might know from the Yankees is Don Mattingly. Okay. You know, and whatever that era was, that's probably the only name I'd know. Maybe, uh, um, uh, Daryl Strawberry is another name I'd know. Yeah. So that era, Gary Carter. So those are the names that I would know of baseball. And it's only because I have a few of their cards. Okay. So, but that particular era, whatever that might be, would be the only names that I'd know. All right. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, but I used to jog on the track where Yankee Stadium sits now. So, you know, they yeah. switched it. I don't know if you've seen it. Really. I know. It's but nice. they switched the last track. Yeah. Well, that track before used to be where the original Yankee Stadium was, and the track used to be where the new Yankee Stadium is. So I used to run on the original track, and I'd always hear the games. George, you know. Yes. I I never I never got into it for some reason. I just well, it, baseball frankly bored me to be honest. I I went to one game and I left by the third inning, and I went yeah. there because this girl I liked wanted. You know, they were going and then I was like, well, you know, I could hang out with her or whatever, because I, I thought it would be a cool way to hang out with her. But then I was there and I was like, this, I, I can't do this. <laughs> you know, I can't pretend to like this to hang out. Uh, with her. And I left. I left. I, I couldn't, you know, I could, I just couldn't bear it, you know. Um, so I, I don't know anything. Pretty much organized team sports. I don't done. know about I, I, I used to follow boxing. I don't know what's going on anymore. And the yeah. same MMA, I don't know what's going on, man. <laughs> you know, um, you, you're big into sports, like uh, aside from baseball or just just down with, with baseball? Baseball, basketball, hockey, not as much, football. But baseball is probably a following system in basketball. It's probably looking at watching games and stuff. Yeah, basketball, I could tell you Barkley, Jordan, Pippen, that era. Uh, I watched it then. Um, during that period. So when like the Chicago Bulls won it like three or four times, whatever it was, well, three peat, the four peat, that period, that's when I kind of watched it. The dream team for the first time uh, um, in the Olympics. And that's all I got. That's the extent of my uh organized team sports knowledge. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I could never do any trivia and that stuff. I totally, uh, you know, totally lose. That's okay. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's probably good. Probably good. And you have a lot more free time. You know, these guys, you know, it's so in, in sports. And so then uh, they go on. So you have time to do a blog. You have time to take your blog and put it into a book. And then you call me up, Steve, I got my book. Go buy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> New York. And growing up Bronx, that might be one, you know, one of the ideas. I have a section called Growing Up Bronx where I talk about it, you know, the experiences. 
my my podcast episode before this one was about being used as a human shield in a shootout. And and wow. when I was a teenager. Now what got, part of the Bronx do you grow? Uh one six seven. So like um be, in between 167 and 170, there's a block called Clark Place. That's where I grew up primarily. Is that and, near Grand Concourse? Yeah, yeah. So Grand we're we're right. My building was right in between Grand Concourse and Walton Avenue. Okay. Uh, it, it's, you know, the easiest reference point is 169, which is a couple of blocks away from Yankee Stadium. So that, yeah. that vicinity. And then I was sitting on a car and this guy came and got behind me and started shooting into a car, uh, you know, like basically kind of like behind me like this. Uh, then the guy in the car pointed his weapon and wow. he saw me and then he drove off. So he didn't, he didn't shoot. Thankfully. That's scary. You know, maybe I wouldn't be here to, you know, talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Had he shot back and then the guy ran away. Yeah. It's crazy. You know? And that was a, you know, a typical day. You know, I didn't even register it until after the fact. Like it didn't even, what was happening didn't even click in my head. Wow. Yeah, that was that was most part. You ever jump on mattresses when you were coming up? You, you ever you ever jumped on the the, the street mattresses or no, around to the- no? We we uh, have uh, you know we we had stick ball in the streets and uh, and then we. Uh, and uh, back in the day, uh, yeah, I don't know. They did like I would go to. I mean, I always like found this funny. We go to bat day at Yankee Stadium. We would sit in the bleachers, and we were all like these cute little kids. So I'd get a bat, go back to seat, and then um, go up to the usher or the ticket guy. I didn't get a bat, and get another bat, and then bring back to seat, and then go up another ticket guy. I had to get a bat. You get another bat, and then we're leaving the stadium. All of us have like, like, like eight bats each. You know, we have all these bats, which you know, basically, you think about it, is that they're, you know, they're handing out weapons sure. in the Bronx. Like, you know, they're they're like weapons. And sure enough, we're going into the subway, and a, a bug a, a gang came by and mugged us, and they took all our bats. That's weird because like you could use the bats to stop them. Yeah, so, yeah, but they have they they came with the bats to take the bats and oh, and they got they, the knew, they knew how to use the bats. They're an expert, uh, expert batters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, that 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 can happen. You know, one would argue that that could have been karma coming after you for uh, for jacking them from all them bats. That's it. Yeah. I don't like uh, they maybe some other kid didn't have a back. He came in late. Sorry, we're out of backs. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm sitting there like in backs. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But this is his human nature. If you can get away with it, you know, you're gonna do it, right? I mean, you know, if I can get a bunch of bats, and you know, I I'm pretty sure I'd do it too. You know. Um. Yeah. But th- yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if I got jacked afterwards. I mean, I got jacks for everything when I was growing up too. So, you know, people in Halloween, they stole my Halloween mask. You know, I mean, you know, I, I, people try to steal my sneakers. Like, what's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. No, no, they, they, I've gotten stuff like that stolen. Yeah. What's, what's, what's up with that? I don't, I never understood that. Dude, 
The thing is on my face. I'm breathing into it. You know what I mean? Like it's a mask and you're stealing it. Like it, I just never, you know, years later, that guy found me on Facebook. He said, Hey, yo, you that guy that used to be in Clark. And I was like, yeah, man, who's this? He's yo, it's, it's crazy Eddie. I was like, you stole my mask, bro. You know, <laughs> like we weren't friends back then or anything, but I knew his name, you know? So when he gave me his name, I was like, bro, you robbed me, man. You took my mask. He said, yo, I'm sorry about that, man. We were kids. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the response I get from most of these guys that that uh, terrorized me in my youth. You know, we were kids. Yeah. We were kids. I remember, like, taking a year out of tires. I mean, I did yeah. bad stuff. We all did our, uh, we broke uh, some car windows once. I guess we're well beyond any statute, you know, with, with the spark plugs. You know, uh-huh. those, if you hit a, a window with spark plugs, it basically turns to grain. It just disintegrates. Yeah. So we were riding our bikes and this guy came aggressively and almost hit us. Uh-huh. So we followed him and we saw where he parked and we waited. And when he was away, you know, a decent amount of time, each one of us covered a window. And we all had these little, you know, the porcelain and the, the spark plugs. If you break the spark plug, that little kind of glass thing, you go like, bing, and it's, Ooh. so wow. we took, each took a window and we completely wrecked all his car windows. And then we got on our scooters and bikes and we dipped, you know, but he deserved it. That guy was driving very aggressively, you know, against some kids. So. Yeah. Know. Okay. All right. Good. He, you know, he was like, you know, you get, get the hell out the way, you know, and, and, you know, like, like he tried to hit us. He sped up. So yeah. I got something for you. We just followed him and we waited. We saw him like, we'll get you. And we, uh, you know, turned his, uh, turned his windows to dust and then we dipped. Okay. Well, that's good because that guy almost hit me too. There you go. Yeah. You know, that I was, remember that, was, that guy. <laughs> that's how we expressed our, our crankiness. We, we took his windows. You know, and we cleaned up the neighborhood too. We had like a uh, like a prostitution location, and uh, where where all the drug dealers were coming and stuff. So we waited for a bunch of people to go in, and we wow. threw we threw some M80s in there. Yeah, you know, I mean, not at the people, but into the the hallway wow. that was the you know separated by a bunch of little rooms. So they had all the little rooms where the guys would go in and do their thing with the ladies. And there was a hallway, so we started throwing M80s into the hallway. No, did that enough that they kind of shut the spot down. Mm. <laughs> you know? So we were also, you know, fighting crime. You know, it's good. It's in, good. In our, yeah. <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on. Check but- out my website, stephenjosephalter.com. Uh, a lot of in the blog, it's a lot of funny stuff. It's a blog about pranking. That's all I like. Uh, I talk about is prank, but it's again it's stories. It's hysterically funny, and you go, hmm, yes. Do you use um, social media as well, where people can connect with you? Well, I have a Facebook page, uh, uh, Steve Stephen Joseph author. Uh, I have an Instagram. I where I have a lot of followers, but I really don't understand Instagram, but I do have followers on Instagram. Uh, I have a Twitter account at Crankitsaurus, but again, I'm not a, I don't understand. You know, just because, maybe because I'm older, but, um, and uh, I will do. 
where I, I was so lost. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, but uh, the block is uh, is the place to go get a lot of stories. And you get the preview, uh, either the current book or the book in the upcoming. Awesome. Cool. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Well, same here. Well, thank you. And you have a great day. Good luck with your crossing. Oh, man. I have... Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. you. Take care, okay? Okay. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. You are listening to the NYC Talking Podcast, www.nyctalking.com. Please like NYC Talking on Facebook. Please follow Angel R. Talk on Twitter and Instagram. We are NYC Talking, the realest lifestyle blog ever. Thanks for listening.